0: listening to The Authenticity Show, where you get to eavesdrop on great conversations about health, creativity, and the quest for excellence. Your hosts are Carlos Casados and Satch Purcell. Before we get started, I'd like to remind you to subscribe to The Authenticity Show if you haven't already done so, wherever you get your podcasts. And please follow our YouTube channel, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Instagram. This will help us and that came with a please and a thank you. This episode is loosely about epistemology, or how we know what we know. What's the difference between inspiration and delusion? How do you know if the universe is trying to teach you something, or if you're just batshit crazy? Let's talk about it. I think
1: a lot of the struggle for many of us is how do you know what you know? Oh yeah. And it's very easy to just um, either over question it or don't question it at all. And you kind of believe everything Mm -hmm. you could, you could go either way with that. Um, But then there's also this middle path, you know, speaking of Buddhism, (laughs) there's (laughs) there's a way of maybe finding that you can satisfy some aspects of your rational mind while exploring what's possible Mm. and that brings along a set of ideas that i think uh quite curious i mean this idea of like how do you how do you know when you're deluding yourself Yeah. yeah yeah it's a good 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 point how do you
2: know yeah you're deluding yourself You could look for coincidences in the world Mm -hmm. and think that a coincidence is actually a literal message from the universe Mm -hmm. telling you something, or you could look at the coincidence as just being a coincidence and everything's just random, right? Um, Or there is that ability to accept both simultaneously at the same time Yeah and sort of uh, take that middle path again mm-hmm. and say, hey, I don't know if the universe gives me messages. But um, if it were. you know, mm-hmm. But I can behave as though it was a message from the universe mm-hmm. knowing that it may not be. Mm-hmm. And I don't have to be crazy to take inspiration from it. Indeed. I don't have to be crazy to um, learn whatever lesson there is to be learned from that experience sometimes it might be crazy to miss an opportunity to learn something (laughs) from the experience. Um, And uh, I like to look at it like a piece of art. I know that if an amazing artist painted a picture that they didn't necessarily paint it with me in mind, Mm -hmm. me and my personal history and me and you know the things that are going on in my life and my fears and desires and you know and all that they didn't paint that picture for me to teach me a lesson but if that artist tapped into something real for them and then i look at that painting i might find some inspiration i might find some coincidence or some synchronicity within that painting that i can learn a lesson about that could actually change my life. Mm -hmm. And I don't have to fall into the quote unquote delusion that it was for me Mm -hmm. in order to learn that lesson. I can say, Hey, I just learned something beautiful from that amazing piece of art. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, We do this all the time with movies or books. Uh, If you read a novel, the novel's a piece of fiction, right? If we watch a movie, the movie is also a piece of fiction. There's still life lessons that are embedded within the novel or the movie that could actually change a person's entire life. Even better perhaps than if the movie was literal, if it was in actuality, you know, a documentary or Mm -hmm. something like that where the person learned a real physical lesson from a real person, Mm -hmm. you know, um, you still can learn. I, I, I reflect on movies, you know. Like I, I remember when I first saw The Matrix, I'm like, "Wow!" I just I never saw the world the same way. Now that yeah. doesn't mean that I have this delusion that I actually think I'm living in a simulation and that there are, you know, like like in the movie, you mm-hmm. know what I mean. But I didn't. I don't. I don't have to have that belief in order to have gained a new perspective on my own reality.
1: When we draw inspiration from things, it, you know, re- reminds me a little bit of. of um, carl jung's teaching so most people were under the impression i think that carl jung was just talking about metaphors as being psychological manifestations uh-huh. but then his red book came out i mean there were always rumors about you know this story or that story about his youth and mm-hmm. his upbringing in the spiritualist tradition and things okay. like that but it's not until they published his private works you know the red book and things like that where you see that now here's confirmation that he believed in his experiences. In a sense, he was practicing mysticism. Sure. And it was his desire to integrate what he was uh, learning and discovering about psychology and the mind and the deep mind. But he deeply respected and loved the subconscious. Yeah. Uh, He felt that the subconscious was a highly moral, um, empowered place inside of you that that can be trusted. Mm -hmm. Whereas, you know, his predecessor, uh, Freud was scared of the unconscious and thought that uh, if you let it run free, that it's going to do terrible things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So there was a different underlying attitude that they both shared, even though Carl was Freud's uh, pupil. Yeah. um, Carl Jung deviated very far from that. And they had, it was a rift between them Was part of what was the rift. There were other reasons too. Yeah. But even that, because mainstream um, psychology circles didn't think that, Carl Jung meant what he meant about universal unconscious and archetypes. Mm. Whereas you find out later, no, he actually saw archetypes as living systems, Mm. you know, that really existed in, you know, in and at some level of consciousness that was real.
2: Yeah. Carl Jung's, you know, concept of synchronicity was based on this idea that, um, okay, so you could take a coincidence if two events happen that seem to have a relationship Um, that's a coincidence, Mm -hmm. but there was no meaning behind it. But then his idea of synchronicity was, was more along the lines that two events can be related, not by cause, but two events can be related by meaning. I love that concept that there is this world, maybe more of a world of mind, you Mm -hmm. know, where things come from. And, Two events that seem very unlikely to have occurred at the same time, you know, yet have this profound meaning between the two of them—that that's mm-hmm. synchronicity. Yeah, you know, pretty interesting stuff. You know. Yeah. And, and, and you know, to come back to like what we originally started talking about with this is, how do you know you're not crazy? You know, yeah. <laughs> when when you start to see things like that, because we've both experienced situations where you know, that somebody is actually having a mental illness, Yeah, you know, sure. and, and they, they, they believe they're Jesus and, uh, you know, and they're doing strange things and they're taking their clothes off at Walmart and, you know, <laughs> I mean, you know it yeah. uh, poses a problem, you know, for society, you know. Um, so I guess a question that I have for you, Carlos, and yeah. maybe we can share our, our strategies. How do you know You know, how how do you like, because I I know you and I have talked about times when we've both felt something very deep, something that's coming from a real truthful place, Mm -hmm. you know, that maybe is the world somehow trying to teach me something or teach you something, right? How do you differentiate what is real in your experience versus, uh, you know, a false idea, a false belief that's not quote unquote real?
1: Let's just say hypothetically speaking, I was driving down the road. Mm. and the road began to look like it was wavering. Okay. Unusually so. The very first thing I would think to myself is, not that the road is noodling per se, uh, the first thing I would think is, why am I perceiving this this way? Mm. You know, what is it yeah. about my circumstances that's causing this unusual experience? The very first thing I'm gonna ask, mm-hmm. um, which of course would lead me down to a few very rational, plausible explanations did somebody dose me with LSD without my (laughs) awareness? (laughs) In which case I'll be fine. Yeah. um, As long as I know. Am I having uh, a meltdown or a neurological issue that's kicking in? In which case I might want to pull over and take some breaths and see what's going on. Mm -hmm. I'll check in. And the reason for that is the parameters under which that's happening are potentially dangerous to myself and others. Mm -hmm. I'm operating, or at least I, (laughs) I am assuming that I'm operating a vehicle. Yeah, I mean, you know, now that we're on this topic, I could <laughs> yeah. be at home sleeping in bed and dreaming yeah, right. of driving. Correct. But that question yeah. of, you know, is this real is a question of, am I dreaming in a sense? Am I, am I in a state where the rules are more flexible or I'm in a, am I in a state where the rules aren't flexible, but my perception has become flexible because mm. I've shifted channels? Yeah. It's very important for me to be in sync or aligned with the place that I'm at. Mm-hmm there are safe ways, as you know, because we're meditators, right? There are safe ways to tap into realities that are um, slightly different channels and there's very little risk in doing so. If you're laying down and you're astral traveling and having an out-of-body experience or something like that, there's really not much harm or potential uh, danger you could be doing to yourself or others by doing so. Even if you, Mm -hmm. you know, had a nightmarish experience, there's very little damage that could be done. Yeah, right, right. Whereas if you're driving and suddenly you're out of your body, that might be dangerous. Yeah. So without being afraid of that, I just kind of instinctively know whether I need to ask those questions. If I'm in that context where it could be dangerous, I'll ask those questions and right away, I'll come up with some kind of an answer. Yeah. And if I'm, take it out of the danger zone, let's just take it into, I'm with someone and I start, Suddenly they leave and um, it's like the next day. And suddenly I get this overwhelming sense of concern for them mm. or sadness or a feeling of shock. Mm. And I feel it in my body, let's say. Let's say I feel it in my solar plexus or my heart or, mm-hmm. or something like that. I've learned to pay attention to that. And I've learned okay. to first stop and become very silent, very still, like we were talking about in the beginning, yeah. Yeah. and check into that feeling. And I'll ask myself, what is this? What's happening right now? Yeah. And that allows my attention to go inward and I can sense if is this followed up by a bunch of sort of random thoughts that have maybe to do with mm. why I'm feeling that or is it just a stubborn, persistent feeling like a hunch? Yeah. In which case it's prompting me to act. And since that person's not with me, <clears throat> the very first thing I'll do is wish them well Mm. And then I'll check on them physically. And, you know, okay. whether it's like lifting the phone and giving them a call, yeah. or if they're nearby, I'll go to them and just ask them how they're doing right. um, without alarming them. Yeah. And I'll say, yeah. hey, just checking in on you. And to say why, then uh-huh. I'll tell them, well, you know, I just got an, uh, a set of feelings and I'm trying to determine whether it's just me and yeah. uh, related to something else or whether I'm picking up something that I need to be aware of for you so Mm. since i care about you i wanted to check in and make sure you're all right Mm. nice and then ask them what else is going on with you and then very often they might tell me yeah you know i'm glad you called i was thinking about you a lot and feeling x y or z Uh and then it tells me that maybe i did pick up on something Mm -hmm. that's happened with you
2: and me it has yeah yeah
1: definitely definitely yeah
2: You know, I, I like what you said about stopping and like kind of going in and checking in on checking in with yourself. Yeah. You know, um, I use a similar strategy to that. One of the things I do is I, I check in with it and I notice, is this coming from more like thoughts and, you know, thoughts and in that inner voice in your mind, that inner chatter box mm-hmm. in the mind, um, which I sort of somaticize up Mm -hmm. in my head, Mm -hmm. you know, or is this coming from a deeper place of knowing? Yeah. Which is shared in in a wider space within my body. Mm -hmm. That's sort of my internal representation of it. You know, is this, is this um, up in the cranium or is this head, throat, chest, solar plexus, abdomen kind of a thing? Yep. And if I feel it in those places, then I know that I need to take that a little more to heart, a little more seriously. Definitely. I need to consider this with more, more caution. You know? Yeah. Um, the other thing that happens is you get a feeling like that and everybody's had, you know, most people have had some kind of intuitive feeling. Um, then there's always a moment just right after that where the mind goes oh, there's a feeling. Well, let me start to interpret it. And then it starts to chitter chatter yeah. and to start to give you all the reasons what it could be. And I always have to like separate that from the original feeling, mm-hmm. right? Like there's what I initially felt. And then there's what my mind started to do with that feeling. And I sometimes have to separate those things, suspend them, suspend the mind to go now, okay, shut that off. Kind of like an experiment. You, there, there were three or four different things that could have been the cause of, mm-hmm. of something. You have to sort of shut them all off and turn them on one at a time to see which one was actually causing it. You know? That's true. <laughs> and and um, that's one of my strategies. It was
1: kind of similar to what you're doing. It what is what very describing? similar. Yeah. And there's a lot of overlap there. Um, um, throughout my life, uh, not only have I experienced this myself, but I've heard other people mm. experience this, go to bed on a full stomach and they have nightmares about someone. And they, you know, I believe in my heart of hearts yeah. that really that all that disturbance that they were feeling is a mixture of being sedated in a uh-huh. sleep state, yeah. thinking about that other person combined with a terrible feeling in your tummy. Yeah. And the mind, what is the mind going to do? If you think of the image of a loved one and mm-hmm. suddenly you feel pain and sharp feelings in your belly... Mm-hmm. and you're, you're in a sort of a hypnagogic kind of space where your mind is a little mm-hmm. bit fluid and you're very relaxed, you're very subjectively in a kind of an imaginative space of a dream, it's a no-brainer. You're going to associate negative feelings inside of you, which normally yeah. indicate danger or problems. That's right. You're going to begin to associate it with the image in your mind of that other person. Yeah, you're, you're going person, and then what is the feeling in my gut? Right. Oh, mine comes to a conclusion. It's like, you know, if, if a girlfriend dreams, um, you know, of you, uh, I don't know, dissing her in some way, and then she wakes up mad at you, and you're like, why are you mad at me? She's like, because you did all this in my dream, and you're just kind of like, oh, honey, that was a dream. That's not the reality. And it's <laughs> it's kind of funny, but but it happens. I and mean, you know for a fact that that's, you would never say such a thing to them. Yeah. But their fear kicks in and it can happen for us too when we have um an experience of something let's say after watching a adventure or horror movie or something stuck from that movie and then later on you dream about that person and you you just kind of inserted their image into the environment which was already a little disturbed and suddenly yeah. you get you get not an intuitive uh message about that other person mm-hmm. what you're getting is a mixed um like a mixture in the story in your head, right, right. If that so, makes sense, sort of like you get a spider on you, and then the
2: next hour you feel every little tickle's a spider.
1: There you go, exactly. You know,
2: yes, that that talk hyper, about hyper ants vigilance. crawling all over you,
1: and suddenly yeah. every everything under your skin is crawling. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um Well, and and the the you know the the head heart gut thing mm-hmm. is really important. It is. It is really important, and yeah. and if you connect to each one of those places you are getting a little different data i mean one of the ways to harness intuition is to begin sensing the differences Mm -hmm. because they are different your head has a certain way of uh connecting with the world and understanding it your heart has a different way of connecting your gut has a different way of connecting Mm -hmm. so there are other systems that are a little more subtle and complicated like the uh, indian chakra system yeah you know that's a a more complex way of handling it but just Mm -hmm. real basically head heart gut Yeah, those are different ways of relating to the world for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, And you do, if you train yourself to feel in those different areas, you get more sensory feedback. Mm -hmm. So we did, you and I did a lot of Qigong and deep breathing and concentrating our mind on the the lower abdomen and feeling a sense of warmth there and paying attention to how that feeling can spread everywhere. And we did a lot of blindfold training, you and I, Mm. and year after year of doing that, um, you start to pay attention to very, very small changes in your environment that you wouldn't normally notice. Yeah, and a person next to you may not feel it, but you do. Mm-hmm. That's so. True. That's uh, you know, it's starting to slide into the direction of you know having a psychic intuition because you're starting to sense things that other people would find invisible. Correct. It goes below their radar, but not yours. Yeah. Right. So how did you know that? Well, right, right. you're picking up data. It's sensory acuity, right? Sensory acuity means to have sharper and more refined sensory uh, experience. Mm-hmm. So you have a, a, like the experience of hyperimperia, you know that word where- Hyperimperia. hyper-imperia. Yeah, it's, yeah. It means to, to experience one of your senses as very, very, um, let's say if it's a visual sense, it's very zoomed in. Okay. If it's an auditory sense, it's very loud. If it's a kinesthetic sense, you feel very sensitive to it. Okay. Hyperimperia can be suggested through meditation or, or through hypnosis. You can okay. develop hyperimperia. Okay. And when you raise your level of sensory awareness generally, um, you are kind of creating control over that hyperimperia. You can notice the color shift in someone's face when you said something, and then that mm-hmm. can mean something to you once you start attributing a pattern that you're discovering, hmm. a lot of intuition yeah. is unconscious pattern detection. A yeah, lot of it is. They, I, I, they don't I, even totally. have to know they're doing it. They can say, I'm not doing that, but it doesn't mean they're not doing it. It means they're not yeah. aware that they're doing it. Yeah. It means
2: their mind isn't sure what the mechanism of action is. Correct. But they themselves know how to do it, obviously, because they're doing it. You know? Yep. This, this, this kind of reminds me of, you know, Eckhart Tolle talks about the difference between um, knowing and knowing about Right, like knowing about means like you know I I know the chemistry of something, mm-hmm. and then knowing is just my body's making the hormone, even though I don't know anything about the chemistry. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And this is an example of that. You it know, is. my my uncle um, knew a guy who uh, was a soldier in the uh, war in Vietnam,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and became so acutely aware of sounds of of the jungle mm-hmm. that he could in 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 a in a, in a you know a downpour of rain in a storm 100 yards away or 50 yards away or whatever he could hear a twig snap yep somebody's out there right and like as clear as though there wasn't a sound in the jungle
1: yep he could hear that twig snap pet peeve time yes pet peeve of mine is when i hear frequently oh there's no way i could have known that there's no way he could have known that there's no way she could have known that mm. excuse me yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there are a lot of ways a person can know something yeah. and it may yeah. not make sense to you right away because uh-huh. maybe your model of the world is such that you just need to slap an explanation over something that, you know, is really not an explanation. It's yeah. just trading, not knowing for a word that also doesn't mean very much. You say psychic. Well, mm-hmm. what does that mean? Psychic means having to do with your psyche, yeah. right? Um, it's a kind of a junk term. Uh do I believe that we can? De- some people can develop uh, extraordinary ability to sense things. Mm-hmm. Yes. So right. what's the problem? Yeah. I haven't dismissed psychic things. I'm merely saying that some of us have the ability and the technique and the know-how to develop. ex It's not really extrasensory perception, but it's in in a way it is mm-hmm. because you're getting extra sensitive perception. Yeah. Some people, like uh, Tom Brown, um, has extra sensitive perception. He can look at a a track Mm -hmm. and tell what emotional state you were in at that time. Right. Now, that sounds irrational to someone who has no clue and who hasn't spent 30 years on on their belly looking at tracks, training with a Mm high-level tracker. Yeah, yeah. Now, that sounds ridiculous to someone like that. And they're like, you know what? Show me. Well, he consistently shows people. Yeah. So... And yeah. we've seen Tony, our Taiji teacher do stuff that mm-hmm. is mind-blowingly cool, right? And most people look at it and what do they say? They say, oh, it's like some kind of magic or it's fake. Or, or it's fake or, or it's that, fi- yeah. yeah, that person just fell over. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem real to them because they can't understand the mechanism, as you said. Yeah. How that works. Now, mm-hmm. I I run the risks, I think, of you know, sounding like I'm being disparaging to the topic of psychic awareness and things like that. And I I don't from the bottom of my heart, I'm actually not saying that. Yeah. I just want to get really clear on what I am saying. Mm. And maybe people who are in that department or say people who are who would self identify as a psychic or a medium, things like that, they're experiencing something. And I don't mean to disparage that. I really don't. I've had I've consulted psychics before. I've, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm not easily impressed. Yeah. But when I am, I admit it. Yeah, and I don't yeah. know how they're doing what they're doing, but I just wanted to open the conversation because I think there's a lot of there's a whole realm of this stuff that could have different explanations, and I think it's it's wise to remain open in our explanations. Um, even the be- some of the best psychics in the world, uh, like in the remote viewing world, mm-hmm. for example, even their results are only maybe sixty four percent on a good day. It's never 100%. Right. So what do we hear a lot of psychics say and I've been hearing this since I was probably 12. Mm-hmm. Okay? My intuition is always right. What does that mean? Hmm. Yeah. What does that mean? My intuition's always right. Are you saying that anytime you sense something that means that you're deadly accurate bullseye on interpreting what it means mm-hmm. and and that you've never had an impression of something that you thought was true and it really wasn't? Or are you saying that my intuition's always correct that it's picking something up? My interpretation of what it's picking up might be flawed. Right,
2: right. That's what I think, Right.
1: that's where I can agree. Where I don't agree is that um, people are very good at identifying the difference between their intuition and their feelings. Mm-hmm. Because what is intuition? Again, if we use the idea that the most sensible definition for intuition is unconscious pattern detection,
3: mm-hmm.
1: which by its very nature, unconscious means you're not aware of how it's happening. Yeah, yeah, you're not or At aware. least not fully. Yeah, yeah. You might be a little more or a little less depending on the circumstances, but if you get good at trusting your intuition, I do think that's a good thing.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I think it's a phenomenal thing to be good at trusting your intuition. Yeah. But we don't want to be delusional. And think that because we learned how to create a sensation of, let's say, our third eye opening, right? Uh To open your ajna chakra, that Uh through breathing and through directing Mm -hmm. your attention Mm -hmm. and creating a sensation, that that suddenly means that everything you now perceive must be 100% true exactly as you see it. I'd rather say you do that and it's an art. It's a craft that you continually develop. Yeah. And it can give you added nuance and perhaps even information that you never even thought you could have and it might enhance your picture of what's going on like you you know that i see auras sometimes yeah for years Uh and there have been times when i've known that someone was ill or i knew they had something going on in their left side of their head or whatever Uh but if i saw something and they said no i don't have a headache uh-huh. That wouldn't necessarily mean I would say, "Oh, I should just give up on this." You know, it means mm-hmm. nothing. You know, yeah. I was picking up something. I don't know what that is. Yeah. I'm not all knowing. I'm not omniscient. I don't need to say my intuition's always correct. Just to say, I perceived that. What it's, it means, you tell me if it means something to you. Maybe yeah. later something will come. Who knows? Well, it's it's
2: kind of like saying, um, like you know, you you walk into a room and you go, hmm. Do you smell something burning. Right. You know, and and maybe we might misperceive that that is the smell of something burning, but Mm -hmm. then later on we discover, oh, that's what it was. It was this thing over here, and it was something similar to that smell. Right. Doesn't mean you weren't smelling something from the very beginning, Mm -hmm. you know, um, just because maybe we interpreted the smell wrong.
1: I've read that we can detect, um, I think it was almost a trillion different molecules. But that the brain doesn't know how to recognize them all, but that our yeah. our nose is sensitive enough to be able to do that. Yeah. And that our eyes can detect single photons of light in the right conditions. Really? Yes. Interesting. You have to, uh, you have to be in a totally black environment and you okay. have to be motionless because okay. your motions create bioluminescence ever so slight. Oh, yeah, You have to be yeah. motionless. It takes training to be able to do it. Yeah. But that when they've tested it that they say we have the apparatus to perceive single photons of light with our bare eyes okay and same with our range of our hearing we can hear things that are supposedly sub sub aural yes yeah Yeah. um we're actually hearing it um and the body's responding wow Uh, like you can play a sound for example that produces um, anxiety in a person and they can't hear it and they can't hear it, wow. Or they're not aware that they're hearing it, but their body is aware of it.
2: Well, this, this um, is an experience that we had um, b- going back to Vipassana training. Mm-hmm. Um, you start the course and you don't feel much on your body. Mm-hmm. Nine or 10 days later, somebody coughs on the other side of the room, you get a ripple of sensations yeah. flooding your body. You're like, that was, that's not new. That was always happening. Right. It's just that our concentration was too gross to pick up on the subtleties of those sensations happening in the body, but they were always happening. Now you're starting to get
1: Uh hyper-imperia. There it is. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, just to kind of uh, recap what I just said, I'm not against any exploration of intuition or psychic phenomena, ESP or whatever, however you want to interpret ESP. All that stuff I think is really fascinating. And I think we should keep looking into it. We, we should keep searching. Mm-hmm. I just, um, I'm not satisfied with the simple explanation that it's, you know, that people tend to use when they feel uh, like they need to justify their, their practice. I think, um, you know, it just, has to be understood that that it's just one form of data. Mm. You know, and there's yeah. other forms of data. If someone uh is giving you other forms of data and you had an image in your mind come to you, do you don't ignore all the other data and go, well I have this image in my mind, I'm just gonna trust that. Yeah. I mean, if you don't have the information, it's unlikely that if you have no it's unlikely that if you if you if you have no uh, data points about something, and you receive it. It's unlikely to be true. So, if you have no training in that particular thing, and you're uh-huh. interpreting something very complex, yeah, um, you have to be careful. That's why you don't have a psychic do physical surgery on your brain because they don't have the they don't have the data. They don't have the training. Right. They don't care whether they think they can do it or not. Yeah. Because they believe that they trust their intuition a hundred percent. That's not how it works. Yeah. Uh, intuition works. We'll let you know. If you're a soldier mm-hmm. and you detect, as you go by a, a cave, you detect that there's somebody in there, it's a good idea to trust that. Yeah. Because you may be picking up something that isn't easy to explain to the rational mind. You may be detecting something with your sensory system that you that it is subconscious. Mm-hmm. You're not quite aware of it. But if you get good at trusting those little signals from your gut or from your heart or wherever else you feel it, maybe an image. That might be just the way that your synesthesia is happening in your brain where the different sensory systems are coming together and it may be communicating something to you um, in a way that's trying to get your attention. Mm -hmm. So you have to pay attention to that. If you meet someone and you get a funny feeling in your tummy, pay attention to that. Right, if you walk right. into it down a, or you, you're getting ready to take a shortcut down a dark alley and you get a funny feeling in your tummy, yeah, don't walk down that alley because right. you might be right. And there's more of a likelihood that you'd be right about something like that than yes. you know, looking into someone's past lives and building a story about that. I mean, I'm not saying right, that's exactly. not true. Yeah, exactly. It might be, yeah, yeah. but yeah. I'm just saying it's much more likely to be true in the one case than the other.
2: Yeah, and, and and you're right. I, I like that last piece you said because you can clearly see that something like that is going to be constructed by the mind, whereas the mm-hmm. other one, the one that you is there you, to protect your ass. Yeah, is exactly. It's it's evolved over over bajillion years, you know, yes. to, to be able to to to, to have that skill. Um, one of the uh, litmus tests that I use to know if um, I'm getting a signal, a message,
3: mm-hmm.
2: you know, a warning um, versus delusion. Mm-hmm is how surprised i am by the message or the experience mm-hmm. um like earlier we were talking about if you're watching a horror movie you know when you're in a creeped out state of mind and then you get a feeling like you know you, the movie's over and you're walking back to your car and you get a creepy feeling in the parking lot that you, you can see how that was constructed by the mind because of the state that you're in mm-hmm. but If you get a feeling, if you get that spider sense, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. that that Spider-Man sense Mm -hmm. out of the blue and it surprises me, that's one of my ways of knowing, ooh, I better listen to this because this seemingly came out of nowhere. You know you weren't overthinking it. Exactly. Because it's coming from a a, a very... Yeah, from a flow state or it's coming from a, a very deep primal part of the body that mm-hmm. is very connected to the earth and is connected to survival. Yep. You know, we, that you gotta pay attention to.
1: We probably talked about this in the, in the Guts and Glory episode, but uh-huh. when they hooked those people up um, to all those different apparatus the, uh, uh, the brain frequency, the heart rate, the blood uh-huh. pressure, and the gut. Okay. And then that they made the person make selections. Okay. Occasionally, selections would change, and when, what they would do is they would measure... Um, which system was operating when they were making that change? Well, what they discovered was Uh the gut would shoot up through the uh, vagus nerve, uh, a message to change the decision that they just made. And they would change the decision. They would change it. Yeah. Occasionally then they would change from answer A to answer B or whatever. Um, It was because of a signal coming into their vagus nerve from their gut. So we now know that there are signals that can be processed in different ways through the body. And, that person, almost guaranteed, mm-hmm. that person didn't realize their gut told them that. Yeah. They probably right. weren't paying attention because most people don't pay attention to that. Yeah. They're not as mindful about their physical sensations.
2: Yeah. Um, uh, we've talked about this once or twice before. This is a, a good time to bring it up again, is the, uh, uh, the studies that indicate that people with spinal cord injuries... Um, don't feel as much fluctuation of emotions whether positive or negative mm. than the general population and um so i mean obviously people with spinal cord injuries have the full range of emotion mm. right but they tend to be a little more balanced in terms of like they don't get quite as upset they don't get quite as sad they don't get quite as happy necessarily and the reason for that is because they're is a physical disconnection between their head and their you know wherever their spinal cord injury is with the feelings that they're able to perceive
1: in their gut they're processing with less processing power exactly exactly they can't use the rest of the apparatus
2: that's right you know they're not getting as many data points yeah you know because there is an actual physical connection that's broken the phone's broken you know
1: and it's it's really freaking easy to get caught up in the story you make about something. Mm -hmm. We love stories. Stories great. We sure do. But it Mm -hmm. can also delude us from what is actually happening.
2: Right. It's that inner
1: narrator telling you you that this story is this or that or the other thing. Right. If you get in contact with a quote unquote spirit, Mm -hmm. and it seems as though you're getting spirit messages, Mm -hmm. doesn't it make sense to use some litmus test to figure out whether or not that's valuable information or it's just mental chatter it sure does yeah you know if you're if you think it's not possible to create an illusion you know a hallucination then you got something coming to you because it's not it's extraordinarily simple oh it's really easy you can do it um i mean it can be done under under hypnosis pretty simply and there are other ways too but the point is if if what you're hearing isn't inspiring you and and truly helping you Mm -hmm. If it's an unkind message, if it's a message that's generated from fear or anger or some kind of base emotion that um, uh, could lead to bad choices, let's say, choices that you regret, Mm -hmm. then why would you listen to them? Like like if a person off the street told you the same thing and you weren't going to listen to them, why would you listen to it just because it came from a spirit? Let's say you did a Ouija board or Mm -hmm. something like that. Why the hell would you listen to that? Right. If it's just because they're in the other world, like that doesn't... Right. We, we, we take one as having more value than the other. Right. Yeah. Like if there are liars here, then presumably if there's another world, then there'd be liars there too. Yeah. Right. Because <laughs> where do they go, you know, when they die? So there, that's another kind of example of, of differentiating between delusion and an, and an actual mm-hmm. divine or um, let's say, what's another word from... A different word than divine. Let's say an otherworldly understanding. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Like an inspiring message from the cosmos or whatever. Right. You right. know, there's a difference. You know, yeah. if the message is um, uh, relax and, and trust that everything is going to work out the way it needs to mm-hmm. for the system.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, chances are that's probably a positive message. So even if it's not true, it's not going to hurt you. Yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and and that's one of my litmus tests is uh, does the message um, promote life or does it damage life? Yeah. Uh, if somebody has uh, a mental illness and I'm going to, I like to use this example because it's one that people are familiar with, you know, a mental illness, mm-hmm. right? People with mental illnesses get ideas, thoughts, messages that seemingly are coming from somewhere Mm -hmm. and a lot of times those messages are not um promoting life right a lot of times they're they're damaging life yeah um for example if somebody gets messages that they need to hurt themselves Mm -hmm. somehow that's a very powerful litmus test um if you're getting if you're truly getting some kind of sacred, divine, otherworldly message, mm-hmm. and that message is to
1: hurt yourself. Or it's a message that it, that aggrandizes your ego. And that was this the other litmus test I was gonna bring oh, up, okay. right? Yeah. D- does it
2: Makes does sense. it um is 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 the message about self-importance, mm-hmm. about making you stand out and making you better than other people, making you more special than others, like I'm I'm the reincarnation of Joan of Arc. You're the chosen people, right? Exactly. Things like that. Mm -hmm. Those are very, very,
1: very likely to be delusions. Yeah, they're suspect. Yes. If nothing else, because they just all you have to do is is epistemologically ask that question. Well, you know, how do I know that? And what would that lead to? And what does that mean in the ecological sense of? the system itself. Mm -hmm. Like if I think that I'm the chosen people, that means everyone else who isn't are not the chosen people, which means they're in a very different category. Yeah. And you could make arguments, certainly um, not Mm -hmm. disparaging um, religions that say that per se, but I think that's a dangerous proposition to make Mm -hmm. regardless of what religion says that. Yeah. And, um, I think it can work out okay with good people who have a sense of connection, mm-hmm. but it can also, it's sticky. Let's say it's a slippery slope. Let's put it that way. That yeah. kind of thinking could lead to problems. And mm-hmm. if you lack um, the ability to examine your thinking around something, then, and you still insist that your intuition is awesome, yeah, I would personally feel emotionally like I want to back away from that person because that's a person who could easily lead themselves to believe something about you that you never actually demonstrated. And all of a sudden you're trying to backpedal from something you never created in the first place. Now they sensed your vibe or whatever, and it wasn't really your vibe. It was their projection. Exactly. And, and perception is also projection, right? Correct. And I'm 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 thinking
2: of an individual that you and I both know mm-hmm. from many 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 years ago in martial arts training. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that was um sometimes likely to lean towards that side of I have special abilities. I am mm-hmm. I'm very important, you know. Right. Um and 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 that was that's ego feeding. For sure. And so that was coming from mind.
1: No one else has this. No one else
2: has this. It's, no one else is like this. Nobody understands me. If I die, it will be lost forever. Yeah. And that, and that was somebody who hurt a lot of people.
1: <sighs> yes, it is. So that's somebody who hurt us. And I don't believe you know? that was a coincidence. It was not a coincidence. Yeah. You know, that, that happened uh, mm-hmm. as a direct uh, result of having and adopting that attitude. Or let's just say, mm-hmm. uh, if it wasn't the result of, it was certainly in sync with. You know? Yeah yeah uh, that attitude that underlying
2: attitude yeah. uh, and you and i and some of our close friends that that came out of that mm-hmm. we did a good job of um taking that coincidence and putting a lot of um we well let me put it this way we extracted a lot of wonderful lessons from that coincidence we
1: did we came out all right
2: yeah yeah we came out okay yeah. I'm raising my glass to you right now here we go i mean you know <laughs> we're all right this, this... we got lots of work to do but hey, we did all right this show so would far. have happened any other way That's right,
1: right. <laughs> When you develop sensory acuity and you compare that with someone who hasn't developed sensory acuity, it does look like psychic mm-hmm. uh, information yeah. and technically anything yeah. with the mind is psychic. Yeah. Cause psyche is mind. Or it's mind. It's soul. It's, yeah, soul or, soul or, you know, mind. Yeah. That's yeah, it. So, yeah. um, you know, if I combine just what I've learned so far from NLP with other things I've learned, mm. there's a lot of data coming in. Mm, so yeah. I, I'm going to be perceived yeah. by some people as very, very intuitive. Yeah, because I am using a lot of my intuition. Yeah, but it's in an area that I know about. I mean, when I used to lead the Chinese yoga classes and stuff, and we would do meditation. Um, sometimes I'd say someone after class, say, um, "Yes, you had something you wanted to ask me," and they're like, "What? How did you know?" Yeah. Well. I could feel there was a shift in yeah, the experience with that person. Uh, maybe it was a shift in posture, change in breath. Maybe it was a change in distancing. I don't remember all the details, mm. but I just kind of trusted that I knew that they wanted something. Yeah, They didn't have to use their words, but to them that was very impressive. Mm-hmm. To mm-hmm. me, it's like, how could you not see it? Yeah, It's just yeah. sensory acuity, you know. Or I was having a birthday, one of my... Um, most uncomfortable birthdays, I think one of them up there. Uh, it was a surprise party for me. Okay. And, um, you know, I, I spent the day with a friend. We had a good time. We, um, I don't know, smoked a couple of bowls. We went swimming in the ocean. We did some martial arts. We had mm-hmm. a nice meal together. It was really cool. Mm-hmm. And then later on we were connecting back at the house, um, to have a party. And I was feeling kind of tired from a long day and, you know, Smoke a bowl, you want to kind of take a nap, take a shower, relax, and then kind of get freshened up. Mm -hmm. Especially Mm -hmm. you're going to see a bunch of people that you don't know. Yeah. Or, excuse me, especially you're going to see a bunch of people you haven't seen in a while. Yeah, right. You want to freshen up. You don't want to look all trashy and messed up and tired. Yeah. So this person tried to lead me into an area of the house um, that would lead into the backyard. Okay. And as I was walking forward... I got this sense in my gut. Yeah. A real physical visceral feeling in my gut. Yeah. That made me stop in my tracks. And I went, "Whoa." And all of a sudden my energy flared up. And it was like the the is as if the hair on the back of my head stood up. Yeah. And I could just sense that I needed to stop and check in and go, "Wait a minute. What's going on?" And then I looked at their faces and they were trying to figure out what to do. They're like, "Come on." And and come on let's go and, and mm-hmm. i'm like what's happening right now okay and then i realized oh my gosh <laughs> they're doing a surprise party for me <laughs> now i've got to walk into the backyard this is my limiting my limiting beliefs told me mm-hmm. now i gotta walk into this backyard you know feeling kind of tired and groggy from smoking and mm-hmm. being unkempt and kind of Uh you know, from a long day of exercising at the beach and Uh things and pretend that I didn't know this was about to happen. Yeah. And I had proceeded to have a very awkward 20 minutes of greeting everybody, Mm -hmm. moving from one person to another, barely able to access my speech patterns and speech portions of my brain, right? Mm -hmm. Because I was not only tired and kind of fuzzy from what I did before, but now on top of it, I was feeling kind of... uh, quote-unquote, amygdala hijacked, right? I I felt like I was in a a little bit of a panic state. Mm -hmm. Had I been a a little freer in my thinking, I would have said, whoa, is this a surprise party? Uh And if so, give me five to 10 minutes to go freshen up, get clear, I'll come back and we can do this. I didn't though. Yeah. Now that was my fault.
2: Yeah. Did you scold your gut for um, blowing the surprise?
1: Um. No, (laughs) I was feeling happy that all the Qigong that I do, Uh it counted for something. It worked. It worked. It alerted me that something was about to happen to me that is an unusual thing. Yeah,
2: that's great.
1: So that's an example. And I must have picked up the physiology Mm -hmm. and the positioning of Mm -hmm. the three men that were there or two or three men that were there that were my friends. I must have sensed there was something awkward about it. Yeah. And I picked it up. Yeah,
2: you did. You did. So Yeah. Well, I've shared on the show, I think, um, I'm sure I have, uh, the time when um, I got disoriented and slowed down right at a traffic light. Yes. And it turned out somebody ran the red light. They would hit me right in the door going really, really, really fast. Yep. And um, I still, to this day, am not sure if that was me that picked it up or if something came in and intervened, um, my feelings on that are that I think it was something a little beyond me. Yeah. And seems like it. And using our litmus tests that we're talking about. Mm -hmm. Um, first of all, it surprised me. It didn't come from my own mind. You know what I mean? Uh, That wasn't, it preserved life. Right. Um, afterwards i felt humbled by it not special and if there it was something special about it like if i had this feeling i didn't get this feeling like you were saved because you're special in the universe and you need to do special it was like mm-hmm. like oh my god wow i'm so thankful that i was saved right and i'm not sure what this is about but oh my god wow it was it was a humbling type of thanks mm-hmm. you know i felt special in a um in a small way yeah you know and um so some of these litmus test things we're talking about like in that experience it was it was wow like that 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 to me that's how I that's why I feel that that was some kind of sacred intervention indeed you know um and uh gosh so you know we we get these things so sometimes you can tell that it came from my training. It came from my my mm-hmm. senses being refined, right? And then mm-hmm. sometimes it seemingly comes from beyond. You right. Know, and there's room for that whole spectrum. There is,
3: you know?
1: let's just imagine right now that you had two people and the exercise is that one person feel your energy. What does that mean? Holding your hands just far enough that you can feel a shift in the air pressure, a shift Mm -hmm. in the warmth, Mm -hmm. a feeling of tingling or whatever it is that you sense as energy. Okay. And you sensitize the person who's the receiver to what that feels like from different parts of the body okay while that person's blindfolded you continue to suggest to that person that they become lighter and lighter and lighter more empty more more sort of uh like like even a a fly landing on them would send them in motion okay you then begin to concentrate on moving slowly and pushing that person without touching them got it and then that person a will move with your emotion even in spite of the fact they cannot see you got it okay so so like, almost like
2: you're using the atmosphere as like as the water and you're right pushing and they can feel that change in the in energy right. or atmosphere or sound or whatever However all they of do those it, things or all yeah. of the above yeah
1: so i was doing a lot of that kind of stuff and also staring at candle flames mm-hmm. and things mm-hmm. like that um, to concentrate my mind um so my girlfriend's brother and my other friend, uh we would go to the beach mm. at night, and I remember they were really fascinated with all this cheese stuff. Okay, you know, just like yeah. I was, but they yeah. were newer to it. And I would be at the beach, and then they would say, "Like, watch this, watch this," and they would like point at me from far away, and then I would turn around suddenly, mm. and they thought it was a crack up mm-hmm. that that. That I could but they' are also was impressed too that I could do that, and, and I noticed that it's a skill you can kind of turn on and off, yeah if you don't pay attention to that, people can be pointing you all day, and they you don't notice it, yeah, but if you're highly yeah. attuned hmm. and you're really keeping yourself very uh primed, hmm. then when someone does that, you instantly turn around okay, uh, so it's just about yeah. how sensitive do you do you dial your senses down or dial your senses up okay your ability to de- detect changes, but still, how did I feel that from so far away? It's like, they're up on the, on the lifeguard tower. Mm-hmm. I'm down by the beach. It's not like where they're really close where I can feel the atmosphere change. Right. This is something else. Yeah. This
2: is something uh, a little, a little more subtle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, This reminds me, and, and I don't know how true this is. This is somewhere years ago when I was a kid reading, you know, ninja books, you know, ninja yeah. manuals and stuff is that one of the things that they had recommended is when you're sneaking up on an opponent don't look don't directly look at the back of their head like right. don't you have to kind of like divert your mind and your attention as you approach
1: them because they're going to pick up on it right you know and there's truth to that there is you know it's, yeah, they're, they're it's really born is. out with experience you know when we play games of yeah. of uh, tag or we play mm-hmm. Uh, martial art assassin and kind of assassinate each other Mm -hmm. at night like those kind of mini little martial art war games we used to play yeah fun stuff yeah absolutely you know develop that definitely but now with my uh broken ankle clicking all the time it's pretty hard hard to do that you click too i click i'm a constant clicker
2: yeah yeah i think in ayurveda it's my my vata joints you know i i i can't sneak up on people because my joints pop yeah sort of my wrists, my wrists and my joints pop. So it's like, you know, it's okay. It gives me an excuse not to have to be a ninja. So, you know, because that's, it's dangerous work. You know, it's honorable, but dangerous.
1: Yeah, it is. Um, Yeah, I I think this whole idea of, of... in you know like an intuition and inspiration versus like a delusion mm-hmm. um i think it's useful to think about those things uh yeah. and at the same time like we keep this attitude which is the open minded uh, skeptics you know it yeah. doesn't mean that we don't believe yeah. it just means that uh yeah. there are many ways to interpret the experience and uh sometimes the best way to interpret it is that it is a Psycho-spiritual experience. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. the best way to experience it is, or to digest the experience is, is to think of it as something else.
2: Yeah, yeah. I like to think of it as a spectrum from strong disbelief to strong belief. Mm-hmm. And the sweet spot is balanced belief. Yeah. Right between. So appropriate. Like, appropriate belief. belief. Yeah. So like if, if you are standing on a tightrope. I do and, that all the time. Yeah, all the time. And you're holding that that long pole to help keep your balance. I do that all the time. Too. Exactly. Right. Um, what is it that gives you that safety on the rope? It's both ends of that mm-hmm. pole. It's both ends of that spectrum. Mm-hmm. And we have the ability to swing from one end to the other if needed. Mm-hmm. But I think the key here is that, um, usually what's needed is a healthy balance of open-minded skepticism which is hey there is strong belief it's out there there's strong disbelief that's out there and neither one of those are usually very useful it's it's when you take the best of both of them and say hey you know um, I am open to the fact that this could be just pure universal magic and I'm open to the fact that this could just be BS or I need to stay in the world of logic and critical thinking and where those two things meet simply means there's opportunities to learn that's all
1: so i walk saying. the line
2: yep there you go that's right yeah <laughs> the street and narrow i walk the line
0: you've been listening to the authenticity show with your hosts carlos Casados and satch purcell my name is Oliver Alteen. I record, edit, and produce the show. I also wrote our theme song, which you're listening to right now. And the interstitial music this time was from part of a long-form song I'm currently working on called Sunken Treasure. It's not available yet, but sometime in 2020. This will be released to the world, and it will be epic, man. Don't forget to subscribe to The Authenticity Show wherever you get your podcasts. Follow our YouTube channel. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. And you can find our website... At AuthenticityShow.com. Thanks for listening and have an authentic day.